<laughs> no, good morning, everyone. I guess it's Father's Day, so most of the church members are with their fathers today. But thank God for your life. Say to your neighbor, I'm glad you're here. Even if you're not glad you're there, you're declaring it by faith. Uh, good morning to those of you online. We are going to continue our teaching, but before I do that, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Yay. Yeah, it's a, it's a tremendous privilege to be a father, uh, naturally and also spiritually. And um, fatherhood, one day we'll teach about fatherhood proper, but today is not that day. Today we are going to continue. <laughs> it might be Father's Day, but we're not teaching on it. Today we're going to continue our teaching on the fear of the Lord. And I want to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom as we look at this subject uh, before you start counting me down, all right? So, Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the way you are working in our lives, the way you're changing us. We are really grateful. I pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to speak into all our hearts. I pray for those in this room, those online, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I want to quickly recap. I haven't sent out the notes because I'm hoping to complete what I started last week in terms of the notes, but I'm also going to speak into more areas than what is already, um, what I had originally planned. There is some good teaching online by other men of God um, on the subject of the fear of the Lord. I mean, I haven't read his book, John Bevere's book, on the fear of the Lord, or listen to anything that he's taught, but I, have, I understand that it's very good. So I'm recommending, even though I haven't really heard him teach it, but I would recommend Derek Prince and his teachings on the fear of the Lord. I have listened to some of it, and some of the things I will share are echoes of what he has taught. It's, it's a fantastic teaching, and so I would recommend that. All right, so... We're talking about the fear of the Lord, specifically understanding the fear of the Lord. A few scriptures, Psalm 128 verse 1. He says, blessed is the man, sorry, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Now, that's part of our emphasis of being blessed to impact. And that's why we're looking at this subject. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Also, Psalm 128 verse 1. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. Oh, sorry, I've just already read that. I beg your pardon. Uh, something got, went wrong with my notes. So, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his way. Psalm 128, verse 1. And then Acts chapter 9, verse 31. He says, Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified, walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. The fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. So, what is the fear of the Lord? Again, let's just recap a few scriptural definitions. Job 28, 28. And to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. So, whatever the fear of the Lord is, he says that is wisdom. In other words, it is the correct application of knowledge. Wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. So when you have the fear of the Lord, you are using knowledge, you will use knowledge accurately, so to speak. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord 
is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning or it is the foundation or the basis of knowledge. In other words, true knowledge will always spring from a reality of who God is. See, the fear of the Lord has to do with the reality of who God is. Who God is and our response to who God is. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So all of these are scriptural definitions of the fear of the Lord. Now in the Hebrew and in the Greek that the scriptures are translated from, when we talk about the fear of the Lord, in essence, it means to be in awe of, it's to revere him, to have reverence for him, to fear or to be afraid. And we're going to go into it more. It's to be in awe of him, it's to revere him, it's to have reverence for him, it's to fear or to be in dread of him, to be afraid of him. So that is, in essence, when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, that's what it embraces. So to fear the Lord really is to have a reverence or a respect or high regard for him, recognizing him for who he is, and then making decisions with respect to that recognition. Because of who God is, you make decisions based on your respect and your, your awe of him. And it includes, in fact, being in awe of him. That is, you have uh, wonder and fear. Wonder mixed with fear. So you, you see God, you're amazed, but there's also an element of fear. It also includes honoring him. It includes having the appropriate dread of God. The appropriate dread of God. Now, again, when we talk about this... Um, um, Sometimes people think, oh, isn't it very negative to talk about the fear of the Lord? So we're going to today explore what the fear of the Lord is not. But Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. We serve God acceptably with reverence or with respect and honor. And also with godly fear, godly dread. Wow. He says why? For our God is a consuming fire. For our God is a consuming fire. In other words, he's not to be trifled with or treated lightly. So we are to serve him acceptably with reverence. In other words, you cannot have your, um, shall we say, what's that thing? Ham, um, um, what's that thing? Um, Burger King. Um, Christianity, have it your way. In the olden days, in the olden days, you don't know what I'm talking about. But in the olden days, in the olden days, Burger King. When you went to Burger King, you you had it. You had your own special Burger King. You're looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about because you're too young. Hallelujah. You don't. When it comes to serving God, you you don't have a tailor-made Christianity. It's not tailor-made to your sensibilities. There is what is acceptable and there is what is not acceptable. And so we are to serve God acceptably, but in a certain way. Not flippantly, not with compromise, not lackadaisical, not with reverence. That is high regard and honor and with godly fear. That's how we are to serve God. So when we fear him, we are unwilling to do the wrong things and remain in sin, like we said last week. In fact, we will have a holy fear 
about any kind of sin in our lives if we have the fear of the Lord. So we will be uncomfortable with sin in our lives. In fact, we will be afraid because there's sin in our lives when we have the fear of the Lord. Those of us who call ourselves believers but are very relaxed in our sin, I am convinced we are deceived. We are deceived. Because 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 to 11 says this. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Verse 11, for observe this very thing. This is talking to the Corinthians. Look at, he says, look at how you repented. What diligence it produced in you. He says, what clearing of yourselves. In other words, you, you, first of all, what diligence it produced in you when it came to your sin? You were like, you were serious about dealing with it. You were diligent. You were hard working towards addressing the issue of sin. What diligence it produced in you? He says, what clearing of yourselves. In other words, you sought to make sure that the sin that was in the church and in your lives will no longer be there. He says, what indignation. In other words, you were really upset about the sin in your life. He says, what fear. In other words, you were actually terrified about the issue. He says, what vehement desire. In other words, you demonstrated a strong will to address the issue of sin. He says, what zeal. In other words, you, you demonstrated passion to deal with the sin. He says, what vindication. In other words, you were so alarmed about it that you wanted to make sure it was no longer there. He says, in all things, you proved yourselves to be clear in this matter. And when the fear of the Lord is there, you will have the right attitude about the wrong things in your life and you do everything in your weak power to correct it. You will do everything in your weak power to correct it. Hallelujah. All right, so what the fear of the Lord is not. And, and, and this is, um, this part, I got this from Derek Prince because it's fantastic. So the fear of the Lord, it is not natural fear. It's not natural fear. Because First John chapter 4, verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So this has to do with fear that torments. The fear of the Lord does not torment. It motivates. It does not torment. It motivates. It does not harass you. It motivates you to righteousness. It does not cripple you. It motivates you towards the Lord. That's what the fear of the Lord does. But natural fear and fear that does not come from God will always torment. It will, it will cause you to, um, be, to be paralyzed with dread and not be able to change the issue. But rather to retreat into sin. Secondly... The fear of the Lord is not religious fear. Now, let me talk briefly again about natural fear. This kind of fear is based on perceived dangers that will create alarm within us. And what we perceive as a danger may not necessarily even be dangerous. But we perceive it because it is fear that is not based on truth. It is based on falsehood. And 
if that natural fear is not dealt with properly, it will become something very harmful. Now, there is natural fear that is helpful where there is danger and the danger is real. If you're standing in front of a car that is coming at you even at 50, 30 miles an hour and you're not afraid, there must be something wrong psychologically. Because I'm going to head back it because it will crush you even at 30 miles. You understand? So, there's natural fear. The fear of the Lord is not natural fear. Then it's not religious fear. Now, religious fear is the kind of fear that is learned from others. Kind of fear learned from others about the things of God, but is not based on the reality of God's word. So we, are, we think certain things are holy. We think certain things are, we should be afraid to, not to do certain things. And actually, that fear is not based on reality. In Isaiah 29 verse 13, the Lord says this, Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near, with, draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the, excuse me, taught by the commandment of men. Their fear towards me is taught by the commandment of men. So if you are, your fear is based on what you simply have learned as a behavior, your fear of God is not something that is based on revelation, but is based on what you've learned from others, it will not change you in the secret place. It won't. As long as you're in church, you behave a certain way. As long as you're in church, you talk a certain way. But when you are alone or when you are with non-church people, you behave completely different because your fear is with your lips but it's not in your heart. It's religious fear. And then it is not demonic fear. Demonic fear. Second Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So demonic fear is fear that originates from demons. It's spiritual. And it's even supernatural. Sometimes it's a fear that is irrational. The scripture tells us in Psalm 91 verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night. The terror by night, at times at night, there are nightmares, there are things that happen that makes you afraid. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I have had many, many, many such visitations, many, where spirits have entered my room, spirits have entered where I am, whether I'm at home or on the mission field, spirits have come in and there is a fear with them. And I know this is a spirit here. So I can choose to yield to the fear or to treat it as it deserves. Sometimes we just ignore it. <coughs> We're tired, you know. So you, know, you, you, you stay there. The angels are watching you. You try anything, they will deal with you. And sometimes we will deal with it ourselves, you know, depending on the revelation we're operating under. But it's a real fear. I would feel the fear. And the temptation is to say, I'm afraid. So demonic fear is supernatural. It can be very crippling. It can really make you feel like it's the end. But it is not real. It's a fear that also will torment it will terrify and it will torment. And then the, the fear of the Lord is not the fear of man. 
It's not the fear of man. Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. The fear of man will cause you to be trapped to the opinions of people. The fear of the Lord will cause you to be worried about what people think about you. The fear of the Lord will cause you to make decisions based on trying to please people. That all those things are wrong. The fear of the Lord will cause you to be free from the opinions of people. The fear of the Lord will cause you to speak the truth in love. The fear of the Lord will, will, will cause you to be bold because the only one you're afraid of is God. Because you fear God, you're not afraid to die in the name of God. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about my own death here. Because I always get told off if I talk about that these days. So this kind of fear of man is cowardly. And it's compromising. It does not stand for what is right. And is only motivated by the opinions of others. It's cowardly. And the cowardly find themselves in the lake of fire. So when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, it's none of these things. All right. But the following words reinforce what we've been saying about the fear of the Lord. First and foremost, <clears throat> worship. The fear of the Lord involves worship. So the fear of the Lord will cause us to give to God what is due to him. That's what worship is. Giving to God what is due to him and to only him. So you don't give to God what belongs to somebody else. You give to God what belongs to God. And you don't give to others what belongs to God. So like for instance, the fear of man is really the worship of the opinions of men. That's what the fear of man is. It's worshipping people. It's giving to people what you should give to God. You are delivered from that in Jesus' name. In 2 Kings verse 17, chapter 17, sorry, verse 36, the narrative says, But the Lord who brought you up from the land of Egypt with great power and an outstretched arm, him you shall fear, him you shall worship, and to him you shall offer sacrifice. Him you shall fear, and him you shall worship. And to him you shall offer sacrifice. To worship him in this context means you, you literally fall on the ground and prostrate yourself before him. You are, in other words, basically you are completely acknowledging his supremacy over your life. And out of that you offer sacrifice. Now in those days they offered sacrifices of animals. But today we offer the sacrifice of what? Our lives. Not money. Money, offering, giving money to God is not sacrificing to God. It is expressing worship. It's not the same. You, you, you don't give money to appease God. You don't give money um, to demonstrate to God that, uh, shall we say, you are really trying to please him. You give money because you, you do please him. Uh, I hope you get the point. You can't buy God. That's what I'm trying to say. You can't buy God with Sacrifices. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. So, worship. First and foremost, the fear of the Lord 
causes us to worship by how we live our lives. Secondly, in fact, let me read one more scripture about worship. Revelation 14, 7. He says, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. Fear God and give glory to him. Fear God and give glory to him because the day of judgment has come, basically. I mean, when that day comes, everybody will be afraid a little bit. <clears throat> Even you. Have you ever had dreams and the end of the world has come? Who's had that before? Were you happy? Or were you, were you, it's time. Hallelujah. Second thing about the fear of the Lord, another word that we've already mentioned is awe. Awe. Really, it's that feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear and wonder. That's what awe is. It's like, wow, hey. It's like both are at the same time. You're like amazed, but at the same time, you're like, hey, I better be careful. Being of the Lord is to hold him in such reverence that it causes us to stop whatever we are doing with our lives in order to prioritize our focus on him and live our lives out of that reverence and wonder of who he is. Uh, a few scriptures to highlight this point. Psalm 89 verse 7, for God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those who, all those around him. That word feared in the Hebrew is to awe, to be in awe. But it also means to dread, to dread. Another scripture, oh no, I don't have another scripture, I thought I did. But yeah, another scripture, Psalm 33 verse 8, he says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Now that word awe in the Hebrew literally means to stop or to turn aside from the road. It's like you're, you're walking on a path and then you see something and it causes you to come off the path. So the idea is that we're so in awe of God that whatever path we're taking, we're willing, we turn from it. Because of who he is. Incredible. Third word that comes out of the fear of the Lord we've already touched on is godly reverence. That is godly respect and honor. Godly respect. Psalm, 87 verse, Psalm 89 verse 7. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all. That word reverence in the Hebrew it means to revere morally, but also to cause to become frightened. So your respect for God will cause you to be afraid of doing the wrong thing. Your respect and your honor of God will cause you to turn from the wrong thing. The fear of the Lord is very, very powerful. It's, that's why to me, to me personally, it's one of the most important characteristics that I ask the Lord for constantly. Alongside wisdom, especially in the latter years of my pilgrimage in faith, I ask a lot to know his fear. Because as we grow in ministry, it is very easy to become casual about the things of God. As we grow in the Lord, it's very easy to become used to the things of God. And uh, the danger of that is you can be compromising and not even realize you're doing it. 
And so I asked him many, many, many times, Lord, help me to know your fear. Help me to grow in your fear. Help me to increase in the fear of the Lord. Let the spirit of the fear of the Lord increase, rest upon me, increase upon me. I prayed this regular, and like I said last week, I prayed into my children a lot. This kind of godly reverence is rooted in revelation. Now, that's the difference between this and religious fear. Religious fear of the Lord. Because godly reverence, your reverence of God can only be true if you have a revelation of God. That, that's how it is. So, whatever you've seen of God will cause you to behave a certain way. So, even though I am given information and by the grace of God, hopefully some form of revelation, unless it's captured your heart, unless the Spirit of God makes it real to your heart, you won't change. You won't change. I mean, I mean the Lord's been dealing with me on some issues and as, I, as he's been dealing with me, I mean, uh, by the grace of God, I know a lot of things that are right and wrong. You know, but at times I know something is right, but I'm still not bothered. You know, I'll give you an example. TV license. I'm not talking about me now. But many Christians haven't got any problem not paying their TV license. Uh, but they'll use a BBC. Uh, but, you know, I don't like them. Or the speed limit. The speed limit. I am, I am sobered by the fear of the Lord when it comes to the speed limit. Now, unless you, now for years, I, I drove breaking it to church. I drove breaking the speed limit to Christian events that I was going to minister on because I need to get there on time. But one day when I taught on authority, I don't know if you remember that, I taught on authority. My, my little sister Sandra asked me a question. So I guess you don't break the speed limit anymore. And I lied. I said, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I lied. I mean, think about it. I actually lied. I don't know if I even ever told them. But I thought, hmm, that's the end of that then. I was very disappointed of that revelation. But you see, I knew it was wrong. Now somebody said, Joe, keep your revelation to yourself. We don't need this information. I knew how many of you are feeling like that right now. Be honest. Keep your revelation to yourself. <laughs> I knew it was wrong, but I was happy to break it after all. It's just speed. But when the police were there, I made sure I didn't break it. <laughs> so unless there is revelation in you, you won't change. That's how it is. And that's why I ask God to give me grace to, um, to, to increase his fear so that my life can become more and more accurate. And then another word with the fear of the Lord is honor. Honor. This has the connotation of doing something of value because of the fear of the Lord. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6, he says this. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? Now the King James says, if I'm a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts. To you, priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? That word honor means splendor in a good sense. It, it includes um, adding something of value. And that word reverence means dread, fear. 
dread. Be, so he says, if I am a master, you say, I'm your master. He says, then where is my fear? Where is it? What, what shows that I'm your master? If that word Lord literally means master, owner. So when we say Lord Jesus, we are saying, we're, we're saying that he's our owner. And if he's our owner, where is our fear of him as our master? Now I have to be honest with you, and that's why I pray for the fear of the Lord. Because many, many times in my journey, I have not been afraid of the Lord Jesus. And, and we're, we're programmed, no, we don't have to be afraid of him because he's our friend. He's only your friend if he shows you what, what, things that are secret. says, I call you, I don't call you servants anymore, but friends, because all that the Father has, I've revealed to you. He wants to be your friend, but are you his friend? He wants to be your friend. And the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. It's with them that fear him. The secrets of the Lord. Friends will share things that are intimate. And the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And he will make known to them his covenant. So honor. Hallelujah. And then last but not least, another word is the one we've already been emphasizing. is a holy dread. A holy dread. This is the fear of the Lord. This is the fear of the Lord in that we are facing the reality of our fragility and our vulnerability in his presence because of his majesty and power. So we are literally afraid. Moses said in Hebrews 12, 21, and so the scripture says in Hebrews 12, 21, and so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. I am really terrified. The Hebrew the Greek, sorry, is literally, I am terrified. Can you imagine that? Encountering the presence of God and being terrified, knowing that I'm about to enter that tent of meeting and there's going to be an element that I am terrified. Would you be happy? You know, Jesus is not a fat bloke sitting on a cloud. You know, God is not a sugar daddy, cuddly, ugly. It's not like that. The majesty of his presence is very inviting, it's very loving, but it's also terrifying. He says, I exceedingly tremble with fear. I exceedingly tremble with fear. I'm exceedingly afraid and trembling. That word trembling literally means quaking. Wow. Incredible. All right. I want to conclude with the benefits. After hearing all that, you're thinking, well, what's the point of that? Oh, all of that. It's amazing. The benefits are incredible. Again, Psalm 112, verse 1. He says, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. He fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. See, one of the things the fear of the Lord will do is, it will cause you to want to know what God says. God's ways. Now, I want you to look at the rest of that psalm. It's so powerful. It's not in the New Living Translation. This is just the normal one. The normal one, all right? He says, His descendants will be mighty on earth. 
the generation of the upright will be blessed. Verse 3. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. All these greedy Christians that want a lot of money. But they don't fear the Lord. They want their children to be blessed. But they don't fear the Lord. And they don't delight greatly in his commandments. If you, if you show them the commandments of the Lord, they tell you it's legalism, it's law, it's bondage. Because they have no perception of the fear of the Lord. When you fear the Lord, then delight greatly in his commandments. He says, wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. In other words, whatever this man does will last. Whatever this woman does, it will last forever. Their good works, their righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. Unto the upright there arises light in darkness. In other words, when they are in a situation that is terrible, when they are in a situation that is dark, light will always come. Five. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. That is a byproduct of the fear of the Lord. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. Listen, when you fear the Lord, you will never be shaken. I pray that will be your testimony in the years to come. That you will not be moved. You cannot be shaken because you fear the Lord. It doesn't matter where society is going. What they are now saying, you cannot be shaken. You are unmovable. You are like Zion, Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abides forever. I see you abiding forever. You will abide forever because you fear the Lord. When you fear the Lord, nothing can shift you. When, the, when Shadrach, oh, Ananiah, Israel, and, and Mishael stood before Nebuchadnezzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they stood before the, um, Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar heated the oven ten times. Before he heated, he said, they said, he said, are you not going to bow? Are you going to bow? I hear you're not going to bow to my God, my image. And they said, listen, Nebuchadnezzar, we are, we, are not, we are not being flippant with our answer right now. We are very clear about what we are about to tell you. The God that we serve, he will deliver us from your fire. But even if he does not, you see, they did not know what God was going to do. See, some Christians, they like to presume. God is going to deliver you. God is going to bless you. I see God has blessed you. God will deliver you. And God says, I won't deliver them. So no, God will deliver you. The God of Elijah is your God. The God of Daniel is your God. The God of um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will deliver you. But God said, no, I will not deliver them. I want them to go through that. No, he will deliver you. They said, but if not, even if he does not deliver us from your hand, we are clear. We are not bowing. We are not bowing. So, it's your call. Say, ah, to me. That's it. Hit it up ten times. And they threw them in. They were convinced they were going to die. Now, you see, a lot of Christians, they like to presume what God is going to do. They talk with that revelation. God is going, I see you, you've got your breakthrough. By faith, you've got your No, be honest. By hope. I'm hoping it will work. 
Don't say faith because if it's faith, it will work. If you say if it's faith and it is faith, it will work. Say me, I don't know, but by hope, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, you know. Let's hope it happens for you. Making up stories. Seven. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. Listen to me, people. Everybody gets bad reports. It's normal. But you have to decide what report you will believe. I have had a few bad reports. Very bad reports. But I've had to be, be honest and decide whose report. It has, it's like, well, listen, if that's what it is, it's what it is. Thank God for his mercies. You know, I'm not an Old Testament saint. I don't live under Old Testament. But even the Old Testament saints had enough sense to say, shall we receive only good from the Lord and not evil? I'm not saying God will give us evil. But he said, shall we receive good, only good and not evil? How much more New Testament? When they were willing to face lions, when they were willing to be killed, they counted it a privilege. When they were misrepresented for their faith, they counted it a privilege. When they were rejected for their faith, they counted it an honor. When they lost their houses for their faith, when they lost all their money for their faith, when they lost their job for their faith, they saw it as a tremendous honor for Jesus Christ. They never went to court about it. Hey, what are you saying? He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Eight, his heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. You don't fear what comes your way because you know. And your enemy is not people. Under the Old Testament, your enemy was people. In the New Testament, your enemy, say to your neighbor, your enemy is not people. It's demons, it's evil spirits. It's not people. You see, like when I said desire upon the enemy, some of you were starting to get happy. Aha, uh-huh, yeah. I will fear the Lord. My the enemies, mother-in-law's enemy, brother enemy, uncle enemy. No. He says he has dispersed the broad. In other words, he's very generous. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His own will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. This is. Some of the benefits of the fear of the Lord. It's incredible. This is one of the Psalms I pray from time to time into my family. I pray this Psalm from time to time. I, de- I, tell, I remind the Lord. You said in your word, blessed is the man who fears you. Who delights greatly in his commandments. We both know that reality. It's true. I like your word. I delight greatly in your commandments. And because of it, my descendants will be mighty on the earth. It's a fact. My descendants, my posterity, even before they were ever conceived, before I married, I told God, no child can come through my loins unless they will know you and they will serve you. It cannot happen. So there is an embargo on them not to serve the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. You, you, have, to, you have to tell God what he says in his word. And I tell him, my generation will be blessed because I'm upright. I am upright. The blood of Christ has made me upright. Hallelujah. I'm not upright because I'm really good in myself. No, 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 no. The blood, hallelujah. The blood of Christ has made me upright. Wealth and riches will be in my house. I thank you, Lord. And I tell him, right now, I don't see it. 
I want to be clear. This is not what I see wealth and this, this level is not wealth and riches. This is uh, supply and demand kind of thing. This is not wealth and riches. Let's be clear. We are waiting for his manifestation. No, 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 no. I want it where it's wealth and riches, where I can write million pound checks in today's pound thing. Not like hyperinflation later, a million pounds is like 10 pounds today. No, no, no. I want to be able to write a million pound checks. Glory to God. Yes. Better in my hands than in the hands of the wicked. Hallelujah. Hey, you're after money. I don't care what you think. It's not about you. This is wealth and riches will be in his house. And I want everything I do to last forever. You should pray this into your family. Amen. Other benefits. We don't have time. They're all in the notes I gave last week. Hallelujah. So let's stop there. We're going to pray. So I told you this is an introduction to the fear of the Lord. Um, another time I'll do an exhaustive teaching. But today I've wet your appetite. I want to encourage you to go and study it. Go and study it. It will be useful for you. It will help you. And we want the Lord to give us the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Amen. To grow in it, to increase in it, so that it affects us, so that we see its benefits in our lives. So I want to bless you, I want to pray over you. And those of you that are saying, Lord, we want to grow in this fear, the fear of the Lord. Why don't you stand right now, and as you stand, just raise your hands in worship, and just thank him. Just tell him, Lord, I thank you for your fear. I receive the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Just begin to do that, just begin to thank him. Begin to thank him and just tell him, Lord, I thank you for the fear of the Lord. Just honor him. Where you are right now, just raise your hands and worship him online. You could do the same. Just begin to do that. Begin to worship him. Begin to honor him. Father, we, we want to acknowledge your word and the power of your word. The fact that your word really does change us. Your word really does transform us. Thank you so much for the fear of the Lord. And this simple revelation that we have shared, that I've shared with your people. I pray, Lord, that as a church and as a family of believers, you will cause the spirit of the fear of the Lord to increase upon us. Lord, that we will walk in the fear of the Lord. We will worship in the fear of the Lord. We will relate to each other out of the fear of the Lord. Oh, Father, will you bless this congregation in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you. Uh, 